0: All right, so I got to know, with you being the youngest of six kids, how much did you get away with
1: growing up? Well, honestly, I think I got away with quite a bit. I bet so, you did. <laughs> uh, I am the youngest out of six, but all my siblings are about a year apart, and then there's an eight-year age gap, and then there's me. Oh, wow. So I think collectively, they got away with less. Um, and so by the time you know I was 9, 10, I think either my parents were just tired, or I had learned what not to do by watching my brothers and sisters right. get in trouble um, <laughs> or just figured out a better way to do it. Right. <laughs> oh. Or maybe they were just tired. to like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. You're, you're on your like, own. You're <laughs> on your own. Figure it out.
2: <laughs> you know you won't die. So.
0: Good morning and welcome to GI and a Cup of Joe. I'm your co-host, Annie T.
2: And I am Justin C. In this podcast, we'd like to take off the rank and get right down to just being a regular person who made a random decision to wear a uniform in the Idaho Army National Guard. All of us come from very different backgrounds, but we do have one common goal, to better our future.
0: Not just to better our future for ourselves, but for our families and the ones we love. Officially, we are Command Sergeant Major Justin Cole and Sergeant First Class Annie Torres, but honestly, I'm just a regular girl.
2: And I'm just a regular dude.
0: With six kids and a large family, obviously Christmas had to have been fun. Any fun holiday traditions you had growing up?
1: Uh, Christmas was fun. And it's, it's one of my favorite holidays. My birthday is close to Christmas. Um, but we had, you know, we would, it sounds hokey now, but we would go out Christmas caroling. Uh, one of my favorite memories is um, baking cookies with my uh, with my mom. I mean, she would start baking, it seemed like, weeks before. And, you know, for two or three weeks, the whole house would just smell like cookies and Frosting and decorations Ah, and um, and everything. And then, uh, as the youngest out of six, I don't know how my parents did it. Like it seemed like every other day of the year they were up super early, but on Christmas morning they decided to sleep in. (laughs) One day, like I don't know what parent does not want to wake up at two in the morning on Christmas morning. Right. And we weren't allowed to come out of our rooms. Oh man. But every year it was it was magic. I mean, we would go downstairs and you know I don't know how the math worked, but there were six of us, and we each had, like, our own corner of gifts. Um, and it was just, you know, just the, the environment and the, the family. And we would just spend Christmas Day in our pajamas. And, you know, our cousins would come over and play with our toys. And, How you know, fun. then my grandmother would um, live next door and would come over for dinner. And it was just really, I mean, nothing major but, you know, the simple stuff. And uh, on years where we had enough snow, this is really going to date me. But, um <laughs> At the end of our street was one of those old, huge, metal Coca-Cola signs. And I'm not sure how it got removed from the pole that it was on. But we would use it to toboggan (laughs) down the (laughs) hill in the back... I do not recommend that. Um, in the back of our, our property, we had, I grew up in the in the country, and we had a huge hill in the back of our property. So um, our cousins had, you know, one of the long orange toboggans, and we had a metal Coca-Cola sign. And we're lucky that we're still alive.
0: But, <laughs> Those are the best so, memories. Yeah. So it was,
1: it was <laughs> and good. And you got no idea how that
2: managed? Uh, no
1: idea yeah. to this day, <laughs> as long as my siblings are alive. we're <laughs> No one's saying a word. Good. Very what good. about
0: you, Justin? Any fun Christmas traditions?
2: Oh uh, Yeah, we have uh, our primary Christmas tradition. Um, when my kids were younger, you know, they're all 24, 25 out of the house mm-hmm. now, but when we were younger, we had a Suburban, and we'd stop at uh, Arctic Circle and get ice cream, and then we would pull into the parking lot where the trolley was where they do the Christmas lights Oh yeah. Thing, oh. and on the Christmas Eve, we would not pay the money to sit <laughs> on the trolley and just follow the trolley around with our ice cream and hit all the Christmas lights anyway. But what you described, Christmas morning, exactly the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I had four kids. Everybody had their own areas that they went to, and it was pajamas all day long and snacks, mm-hmm. like no meals, just chilling. So it was great.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Christmas, the holidays really now can get so busy. But I just remember that as a time to just slow down and enjoy yeah. family. Um, you know, which is, it's super important friends and family and having people in your life. So that's probably, I think my favorite memory about it is just the day where everyone slows down. There's so much buildup to it. And then it's just, I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. Ours is Christmas Eve. Mostly we, um, It's kind of my husband's tradition, but we adapted it. Um, We do the Chevy Chase National Lampoon's, what is it, Christmas Vacation movie. Mm -hmm. I can memorize that damn thing because I've seen it so many times. Um, And then we order Pizza Hut pizza and get in our pajamas because everybody gets new pajamas for Christmas. So we open up pajamas, watch the movie, eat the pizza, then just be with family. Oh, that's and then great. Christmas is in this in pajamas all day long. Same yep. thing. Oh. Christmas movies, snacks, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah.
1: That's great. Yeah, one of our um, one of my favorite again another thing that's going to date me aside from the metal Coca Cola sign is one of my favorite um, Christmas shows to watch were the old claymation um, Rudolph the Red nosed oh, Reindeer yeah. with mm-hmm. the Abominable Snowman yep. and um, the miner guy. I cannot remember his name. Oh, um, Yukon him. Cornelius. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We have the same ones saved on our DVR <laughs> hit play every year. So today uh, we're talking to officially Colonel Nicole Washington, uh, Chief of Staff out here for the Army National Guard. But honestly, she's just Nicole. Um, so let's, let's take this back to high school. Where did you attend high school and uh, what kind of student were you?
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be on the podcast and just have a chance to talk. Uh, going way, way back, um, I'm actually originally from a small town in Pennsylvania, um, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and most people do not know where that is. So I just tell people it's about 30 minutes from Gettysburg, and hopefully people have an idea of where that is. Um, so I went to Chambersburg Area High School, and it was a uh, one of those schools where all the surrounding burgs went to. So it was a my senior class size was about 600 students, um, and I actually enjoyed high school. I know it's weird, um, but I was – <laughs> I, I did. I enjoyed okay. the academics? I did. Um, I had an interest in science and math, and I played – sports. um, What sport did you play? I played field hockey, actually, which was big on the East Coast. Wow. Um, Played all through high school and my first year at Penn State. Um, Really big on the East Coast, not so much back here. But yeah, played field hockey. We didn't have a soccer team back at that time. um, So it was just field hockey or really lacrosse or cross country. And at that time, I thought anyone that ran just for the sake of running um, had mental problems. So I needed like a sport or something. Um but I think I was, you know, a fairly decent student. I enjoyed um I really enjoyed learning. Um, what was
0: your favorite subject? You said science?
1: Uh biology actually. Oh, no. Um not so much history or anything else, but you know, I just had a weird affinity for, for science and um science projects and, and loved all that. So
0: Was there a favorite teacher that you remember?
1: One of my fifth grade teachers, Mrs. Reed, um, in elementary school and then um in high school uh, my home ec teacher, Mrs. Shaw. Right on. I was horrible at home ec. Um, <laughs> I had to craft a pillow and I don't really think that it could be used for much of anything now. Um, and then the clay pot that I crafted looked like, hmm, something you would use as a paperweight, but <laughs> the teacher was great. The teacher was great. That had n- n- no, no impact on my talent, but uh, she was great.
0: That's awesome. She really
1: just took an interest in the students, and no matter what level you were, I mean, she met you at at your level and really just encouraged you, and um, I think that's so important for teachers.
0: Nice. Have you ever been to Pennsylvania, Justin?
2: Uh, No, I have not. I think the the furthest I've been that direction is um, Virginia.
0: Okay. So... I had a friend visit Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I was so excited to get chocolate brought back for me. And Yeah, was that a thing? No. The dumbass brought me back beef jerky. I'm like, <laughs> who goes to Hershey, Pennsylvania and brings back beef jerky?
1: <sighs> yeah, we're not so much known for beef jerky, no. but Hershey is... No. You so missed out on the opportunity, the chocolate <laughs> yeah. factory and everything. I'm mean, going to have to go there <laughs> myself. Seems a little silly, actually.
2: So you mentioned workouts. You know, we've, we've had, I think, seven or eight people now on this podcast, and uniquely, everybody's been super into workouts, uh, physical fitness, and I know it's the military, you have to be that way, but you specifically mentioned that your workouts were kind of your jam. What kind of workouts are you talking?
1: Well, at this point in my life, I do a mix of strength training um, and some cardio just for overall health. But um, again, in high school, I played sports and I was really just that one sport. Um, Didn't really do anything outside of that. When I got to college, Um, My freshman year, I was a typical freshman, and exercise was not really, you know, in the schedule between class and social activities, (laughs) Um, so the freshman 15 was a thing, but um, pretty much, I think, my last three years of college, I got into a gym routine of at least going to the gym and being active and um, just noticed how, aside from my health, you know, it was, I think, probably less focused on nutrition, but just aside from my health, how it just helped me to relax and unwind and focus. And I kind of carried that. Um, when I got uh, probably in my mid-20s, I had always wanted to run a marathon. Um, I'm not sure why, but <laughs> <You> <laughs> I, I saw wrong. it as a challenge. Right. Um, and so I trained for a marathon and actually ended up doing about four marathons before I started having Troubles with my knees from not stretching and just overtraining, not really taking care of myself. Right. Went to physical therapy, and that's really how I got into strength training and going to the gym, and just fell in love with it. And again, aside from how I felt physically, it was I noticed more. It just helped to relieve stress, and I was just able to go about my day. And um, I'm a morning workout person, and I just find in my mind, getting up in the morning, and in my mind, getting the hardest part of the day over with, everything yep. else just flows. Where for me, if I leave it till the evening, there's too many other things that come up in my day. Um, so it's I'd like to go get a good sweat, a good lift, and yeah. some cardio and just set your day
2: off.
0: So right. I need to clarify, are you a 3 a.m. morning person or are you like a 5 a.m. morning person? In the middle, a
2: 4 a.m. Okay. Oh, cool. okay. All right. That's doable, okay. right? yeah. I just want to go back for a second. Did you did you say that you played field hockey, right, lacrosse, I, in college?
1: Uh, my first year of Penn State, yeah, I played field hockey.
2: That is ridiculous. So... Like, lacrosse is the longest American sport. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not not know that. It is. And when you go to the field and you look at soccer players who are running the entire game, and they'll average anywhere between five and seven miles, the only thing that outpaces a soccer player is field hockey. Wow. I didn't
1: know that. So
2: to play that through high school and then step that into the college, that's, like, that's ridiculous.
1: Well, thank you. I I did not know that. That's interesting, actually, leading into, um, there's a a lead-in to, or an association on how I ended up in the Army, kind of from field hockey. I started at Penn State on a partial scholarship for field hockey, Uh, but I also, at the time, was pre-med, started out pre-med, and pre-med, at that time, pre-med academic schedule did not necessarily work with a traveling field hockey schedule. Um, And so I was really forced to make a decision. Um, So I gave up my scholarship to focus on academics. And then that kind of leads into how I ended up joining the Army. So why did you join the Army? Honestly, um, I did not grow up wanting to join the Army. It wasn't my lifelong dream. I have one of my older brothers had been in the Army. And um, I respected his service, but didn't really pay attention to what he did. It was just not really what I was going to do. Nothing against it, just wasn't really my thought pattern. Um, But after college, about a year after college, I graduated and I was working, and I got a bill from Sally Mae Loan Servicing (laughs) Center. (laughs) They're the devil. (laughs) Um, With a really, really, at, at that time, relatively large sum of money that I owed to Penn State that they expected me to pay back. And I looked at that and I looked at my budget. And those two did not marry up. And I'm a, I don't, (laughs) yeah, I just, I didn't want to carry, um, the weight of that on my shoulders for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so honestly, I'm just, I just, that next week I went out and visited all the recruiters and I was looking for someone to help me pay, repay my student loans, um, potentially GI bill, but, um, I was just going to do my six years as an enlisted soldier, get out and go off into life and, you know, do great things, live life as a civilian. So um, what job did you choose when you first joined? I joined, so I, I had graduated from college. I was a college graduate living on my own. I joined as an E4 civil affairs specialist. Okay. Um, went to basic training at age of 26. Oh, uh, so you're an old lady at basic I training. Was, <laughs> I was, but there was a whole platoon of us. It's like right? we all decided we all got our student loan repayments at the same time. <laughs> I decided to join the <laughs> That's perfect. Um, <laughs> but it was it was good. But it was you know it was an adjustment. I had been living on my own and to go to basic training and really to learn how to function as a group and as a team leader and kind of the whole break you down to build you up and it was a uh, mentally challenging. I think I'd been a little bit prepared for it because my brother who had been in the army had done two tours as a drill sergeant oh, wow. and kind of just Whoa. told me yeah told me about it um, and kind of what to expect you know kind of mentally prepare me that it's not personal it's they're trying to make you a better version of yourself and get you to push yourself to a new standard and set new standards for yourself
0: was um, it helpful to hear that before you went it was yeah. because
1: you you get there and it's, it's sure feels personal right it does <laughs> like they stop they yelling at me they hate this person yes <laughs> Don't what hate did I cry do? <laughs> so yeah so i joined as a civil affairs specialist and uh Most people don't know what civil affairs is, but we work, um, you know, one of my first deployments was to go to Bosnia, and essentially we work as a liaison between the host nation and the military to provide services. So I spent some time in Bosnia. Um, You know, we would work with a a small team, um, get a target area, and go out and kind of meet with local village reps, kind of the village mayor, and find out what their needs were and try to find either civilian aid organizations or military organizations To help meet those needs. So, we did um, what they call med caps or dent caps, where we would bring military doctors or dentists to a village um, or link the village up with a civilian aid organization. Like one of my big projects was um, with an Austrian uh, non governmental organization called Bauern, Helfen Bauern, or Farmers Helping Farmers. Okay. And we had coordinated with them to bring, um, they sent prefabricated tiny homes. Um, to this village in Bosnia where everyone had been kind of displaced and was living on the side of a mountain, sharing a community stove. Yeah. So that was kind of our big project there. So it was it was extremely fulfilling, um, probably one of the most fulfilling things I'd done to that point in life. And, yeah, here I am in E4, and we wow. had a small team. It was me, um, you know, uh, an E6 staff sergeant, a captain as our team leader, and an interpreter. And we're driving around Bosnia in a (laughs) Toyota Land Cruiser. um, Right. Just, you know, meet with people and and doing projects. So it was a great opportunity.
2: That's awesome. So E4, civil affairs, to Idaho and Apache Pilot. Like, what is the nexus there? Because that doesn't seem like
1: anything. (laughs) It doesn't. You would never connect those two at all. So when I was in Bosnia working as a civil affairs specialist, The 1st of the 183rd Aviation Battalion was also over in Bosnia, deployed, providing uh, aerial support. And the current adjutant general, uh, General Michael Garshak, was then the battalion battalion commander for the 1st of the 183rd. While I was over there, I had to attend primary leadership development course. So I left Bosnia and went to Germany for that course and then lieutenant colonel now general garshak was on that same flight and he was going to germany to do his flight simulator time and i was studying i had always had an interest in aviation but figured it was something i would do when i retired um had never seen female pilot didn't know very much about helicopters and it just seemed kind of like a a pipe dream against something that i would pursue when i retired um and was old enough to afford pilot lessons and all that stuff so I was studying for my course, and Colonel Garshak comes over and sits beside me. Said, really doesn't say anything; just asks if he could see my book. Um, said he wanted to know what they were teaching his NCOs or his non-commissioned officers, and uh, looks at it for a couple minutes, and uh, you know, just asked you know what I was doing, where I was from. Again, just you know, taking an interest in soldiers, and I told him that you know, I would really like to pursue aviation, and he's like, "Well, if you'd be interested in coming to Idaho." You know, we're, we'll be having a flight board whenever we get back. Um, you're certainly welcome to, to apply. We, you know, we welcome all good soldiers. And I kind of, you know, waved it off. I'm like, there's no way I'm moving to Iowa. <laughs> because that's where That is where everyone, uh, all my friends that still live in Pennsylvania think that I live. <laughs> um, but I, I thought about it and um, worked with his staff uh, while I was in Bosnia to kind of put together a flight packet. Came back to the States, and I flew from Pennsylvania out to uh, Idaho and did the flight board and was selected. And at that point, I had to, you know, move all my stuff um, to Idaho, and it's been a a wild ride since then. I was still enlisted. Uh, I had to go to become an officer, so I went to officer candidate school and then immediately went to flight school after that with a follow-on to the um, AH AH-64 Apache qualification course and then back to Idaho and a deployment and then a transition course to learn how to fly Hawks. So it's been a wild career. When I think about it, it's, it's flown by.
0: Do you plan to move back to Pennsylvania? Would you like to stay in Idaho?
1: I, I don't. There was a time, I think, earlier in my career, I thought that I might move back. But as everyone listening and, you know, and you guys know, I'm sure once you move to Idaho and have spent a couple of years here, it's, there's really no place like it. Great. Um, I'm so trying. to beautiful here. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to get my parents to move out here. They've driven out here from Pennsylvania six times and they've oh, flown wow. twice. So um, it's kind of like their second home, but it is, it's Idaho and it's hard to leave. We have a, a pretty good thing going here. The people are great. And, you know, I've traveled all around the country you know, different places around the world as, you know, you have. And it's just something about coming back to Idaho, the right. the yeah, people, absolutely. the community, um, you know, the environment, especially if you're an outdoorsy type of person, just the ability to, you know, you can, on a perfect spring winter day, you can ski, golf, kayak, mountain bike. And that was one of the things that drew me to Idaho is people are active all year round and it's oh, just yeah. part of the lifestyle. Yeah.
0: Have you run any marathons here in Idaho?
1: Uh, not in Idaho, actually No, I haven't. Not in Idaho. I think the last one I did was the Seattle Rock and Roll. Um, I've done a couple shorter... I did that one in Vegas, actually. You did? Yeah, yeah. How would you think? It was the half marathon. Okay. Is that that where they do the strip at night?
0: Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that one was on my list. And then the Seattle Rock and Roll was the last one I did and hurt my knees um, really bad. Again, from not stretching, really not taking care of myself. (laughs) Um, But I've done a couple 5Ks. I've not done the uh, Raced Roby Creek, which I feel bad about, kind of, but not really.
0: I have a funny story about that. When I first moved to Idaho, I I signed up for that race because I did not know it was up a hill, Hello? up yeah. a mountain, actually. So the first day and a half miles, I'm like, what is going on? Oh, <laughs> I was so numb. By the time I got done, it was terrible. Wow, never yeah. do it again. I didn't train properly. I didn't.
1: I didn't know what I was signing up for. And yeah, so the that joke was on me. The time of year, normally there's still snow up at the top, which. Um, is not, I'm not necessarily a fan of running in the cold weather and snow. And uh, I think one of the years I tried to sign up was when they did the the draft or the drawing and we're all, you know, it's like flying on Southwest. You can be online at the very same time and you still end up in section B. Um, So I was (laughs) online (laughs) when it opened up and uh, didn't didn't make it. So uh, a couple of my friends did and they ran it and I was there for their, support but i was by the end i was not upset that i did not get into the (laughs) job. kind of looked
0: out on that one have you ever run that one
2: i haven't i've signed up for it twice and i've got in two times and then i was like yeah i got some other stuff to do yeah (laughs) i'm busy (laughs) sell your roby creek tickets to somebody else so exactly yeah they're all
1: there i think there are always people the day of that have you know Have instant regret. Yeah. Or they found their sanity and then, go, what was I thinking? It sounded like a good idea at the time.
2: Well, you can, like, I went down there the day of the race and I sold both times. I I mean, my tickets went out there at -hmm. the race. So there's people that are waiting for people to be like, oh no, I'm not
1: doing this. And I do. I really, I admire those people because I, I mean, I love a challenge. I love to challenge myself physically, but something about that just scares me. I'm not ashamed to say it. scares it. my knees, especially going downhill. <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh,
2: a recurring theme knees. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what has been your greatest accomplishment?
1: That is, that's a tough question. Um, I think the in the military, it's really for me, because I had not planned to be in over six years, and I'm now you know, a little over 20, certainly achieving um, the rank of Colonel and my current position as the Chief of Staff, uh, just because you know, when I think of myself, I still see Second Lieutenant Nicole Washington or Specialist Nicole Washington. Um, and so for me, it's been a great achievement. Uh, outside of the military, I think it's really been able to help people in my community, which I've, you know, I've been able to do as part of my military duty. So, yeah, I, I would say that's that's probably about it. Well, I that's, think that's great.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> let's reach back uh, to high school, and um, you thought you were just going to do six years. What advice would you give a high school student that was unsure about their future?
1: I think the first thing I would say is that it's okay to be unsure. I think we, certainly when I was growing up, and I think now the a, a culture of... Um, having a pressure where you have to have everything figured out and you don't. I would say it's important to not restrict yourself to any possibilities, Uh, but if you're unsure what you want to do, you know, first think about what you enjoy and what, you know, would challenge you. I think we all grow when we're challenged, um, not so much when we stay comfortable, Um, and then also not to be afraid to try new things and get out and, and talk to people and to explore. You know, I I'm certainly a proponent because I've been in for 20 years of exploring the military. Um, I wish I would have looked into it sooner, at least to, to know what my options were. Um, but, you know, I got a late start and it still worked out for me. But don't be afraid to try, to try new things and get outside of your, your comfort zone.
2: It's excellent advice. And it's right on par with pretty much what everybody else has said. <laughs> yep. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's a recurring theme, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now the most important question. Being in Pennsylvania, have you ever seen Sasquatch? Is Sasquatch real?
1: I cannot even believe you asked me that. Of course he's real. (laughs) Okay. I have not quite seen him, but I've been outside at night walking through the woods, and I'm sure that I heard him.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank our guests and our production crew for their time.
2: Join us every Wednesday here on GI and a Cup of Joe. See you next week.